Hi, it's Mike Morris. Welcome to another episode of Open Mic. Today, we're going to deviate a bit from our justice podcast that we've been doing to talk to a man running for District 8 in Detroit, Northwest Detroit. And it's really still about justice because his platform says he wants to fight for justice, all kinds of justice, including auto insurance reform justice, which you know that I believe we need some reform. We had a really bad law passed last year, and he says he's an advocate for change, for changing that. Joining us this morning is Mike Morse, Detroit's top 30. Mike Morse. Mike Morse is in here to tell us about the backpack giveaway. Adapt and adapt and change things up a little bit every year. Thank you so very much for having me. Welcome to uh, the show. Welcome to Open Mic, George. I'm sure you're a I'm sure if you've watched lots of our episodes of uh, to now, but, but I know you're busy. So before we dive into why you're running for Michigan House of Representatives, District 8, tell us a little bit who you are and you know what, what qualifies you or what makes you want to do this. Absolutely. So I'm a lifelong Detroiter, born, raised, and educated in the district that I'm now fighting to serve. Um, for 23 years, I've been a community organizer and advocate here in Northwest Detroit, um, primarily in the College Park community where I was born and raised and where my parents still live after 43 years. Um, that's where I got my start at the age of 14, working my first political campaign. Uh, from there, I've taken on internships in the office of U.S. Senator Carl Levin, which uh, got me hired into the United States Senate as a legislative page. I've worked as a policy analyst for both Senator Carl Levin as well as the Honorable Congressman John Conyers, God rest his soul. Um, I've also served as a youth ambassador in Israel, Palestine, and Jordan on behalf of the United States, doing conflict resolution in both Jewish as well as Muslim communities. Uh, for the past 15 years, I've been a policy analyst and city planner with the Detroit City Council's Legislative Policy Division, a position in which I've written over 50 pieces of legislation, which are now law in the city of Detroit. Um, on top of that, I'm a Neighborhood Association president, um, a position I've held for 11 years in which I've brought in over a million dollars of investment to my community. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a Detroiter. Well, that you sound pretty qualified to me. So tell me why you want this job. Uh, I want this job because I honestly feel that there's a disconnect between what the residents of the state of Michigan have asked for and deserve and what's being delivered in Lansing. Um, case in point, at the top of the show, you mentioned, you mentioned auto insurance reform. You know, um, Michigan have the highest auto insurance rates in the nation. We also have the best coverage in terms of catastrophic claims in the nation. Um, what was passed last year by Public Acts 21 and 22, by no stretch of the imagination addressed the affordability issue of um, what's been offered. Um, I've got a resident who lives in my district in North Rosedale, and you would think, oh, the most affluent neighborhood in this district, of course they're going to see savings, of course they're going to have better rates. He's had the same job for 15 years. His credit score is in the high 700s. Um, he's never missed a payment in 20 years, never had an accident or a ticket. But because he lives in Detroit, his rates went up 30%. And I think that that is absolutely unconscionable. Since last year? Since last year, when he got his renewal, when the new law went into effect on July 2nd, his rates went up 30%. Did he change any of the... Um categories that he wanted? Did he go from unlimited to half a million or 250 or did he keep it as is? He kept it as is. 
And he's no, supposed so to have a 10% savings if you keep it as is. Absolutely. But George, he, yes, sir. Me, I want to talk to that person. I want to absolutely. show the two deck pages next to each other. It's it's criminal what absolutely. happened. Um, you know, the fact that, you know, our, our Democratic governor and our Democratic mayor of Detroit who who put helped push this through um, to hurt Detroiters. I mean, we had Republicans controlling the state for many years with Governor Snyder, they didn't touch our beautiful, sacred, no fault. And then you get Democrats in that we all helped elect and they completely sold us down the river. And I would like to see evidence. I'd like to be able to do podcasts on it. And I'd like to scream and yell because they need to repeal it. They need to fix it. They lied to everybody and they need to be held accountable. And I, I don't even care about holding them accountable. I, need, I care about changing it. And if nobody's Absolutely. saving money, and the insurance yeah. companies are still making billions of dollars. It, 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 it's we have to do something and everybody needs to be talking about it. Absolutely. We still have no accountability. We still have no transparency as it relates to the catastrophic claims fund. We're still dealing with non-driving factors, which, you know, should not be utilized in rate setting. Um, you know, previously you were doing your podcast on justice. And I feel that, you know, this relates to justice. If you are unable to afford auto insurance, you cannot afford to legally drive. If you cannot drive, you are having transportation barriers and difficulty getting to work and maintaining employment. If you cannot be employed, you have a difficulty providing for yourself and your family. You know, it's all related. And then what do you do? You do what you have to do. And unfortunately, at times, that's often outside of the law. So, you know, it's all related. It, it, you know, it's, 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 it's absolutely justice. You're right. I mean, I, as yeah. I was giving that intro, I don't have notes. I'm just saying it off the top of my head. But you're right. Auto reform is justice. And it was unjust for them to do what they did to our, our system uh, for no reason except to give the insurance company a big, fat, fill-in-the-blank goose uh, egg, golden goose egg. Yeah. And, and give them an make. out. You know? It, it, it's disgusting. So I'm serious. After the show, please... Email Most me, uh, get me that information. We need to we need to be holding them up and showing the whole world and hopefully uh, get them talking. I mean, I don't know what else to do. Um, Absolutely. You know, be, but the insurance companies can't just reap billions of dollars, especially over the last three, four months when people are barely driving. They're giving Most back definitely. these tiny little rebates. We still haven't gotten ours. And that's a state mandate, you know. And we, we ultimately ended up switching to – you know, actualized savings, but still we recovered during that time period where the rebate should come. We, we still haven't gotten a rebate. Well, I appreciate you talking about it. I mean, so, so you're taking over for Sherry Danielle. <laughs> I know how to say it. I always screw it up and whatever, but she's, she's, how, how do you think she's been doing for your district? I think she has definitely been a champion for our district, taking on the issues of education, taking on uh, issues that are important to our seniors, um, taking on issues that are important to Detroiters. You know, we are dealing with a, a epidemic of vacancy, um, making sure that there's transparency and oversight. You know, there's going to be a ballot initiative in November as it relates to a $150 million bond for demolition and rehabilitation of vacant properties. We've all seen the news and the story of how um, a property which um, her nonprofit held in trust was mysteriously demolished. You know, no one's still been held accountable for that. 
Um, there are lots of questions and concerns as it relates to that, but she's definitely been a champion for this community, and I'm honored to have received her endorsement so I can continue these fights. And who uh, who are your challengers? Any 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 uh, buddy you want to mention? I I looked well, on uh, I looked on it. I one person you know didn't fill out any ballot. There's no photos, so I, I, <laughs> and there's somebody who looks like maybe they're tighter with the mayor. Uh, well, perhaps two. I say perhaps two that are tighter with his honor, the mayor. Um, you, you have Stephanie Young, who's the former District One manager. Uh, then you have Reggie Reg Davis, who was the deputy district one manager under Stephanie. And then you have uh, Anthony Bradford, who was Reggie Reg's campaign manager when he was running his write-in campaign for county commission. So, so you think <laughs> very, the mayor's put three people up against you? I, I, don't, I can't say that. I, I know that um, from what I've seen in campaign finance reports, um, that he's backing one candidate, um, particularly, um, and that would be, you know, his choice, Miss Stephanie Young. Got it. And, and uh, um, you know, why, why do you think that is? What, 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 what is it about you that, uh, you know, he didn't want to get behind, apparently? Well, um, by, by nature of my position with the city for 15 years, I hate to say that it's an adversarial relationship between the legislature and the executive, um, but, you know, doing my job as a policy analyst and city planner, you know, I, I call BS when I see legislation that comes down the pike that is not beneficial. Uh, right now, I've taken on the task assigned to me by council of uh, leading the revision of the community benefits ordinance, which, you know, for the... His honor, the mayor, was kind of a sacred cow. You know, it's like we need development and this is how we're going to get development done. It was not what the citizen led initiative was in 2016. Um, the mayor countered with proposal B and put a lot of money behind that to defeat the citizen led initiative as it relates to community benefits. And that's ultimately what prevailed. Um, right now, I'm working on a draft which strengthens the community engagement and accountability for developers to ensure the uh, protection of health, safety, and general welfare of the public, which is what legislation is supposed to do. Um, I don't know if that's why I wasn't his chosen, but I, I do know this, the, the mayor is loyal. Um, Stephanie Young, she on her own merit has been through four mayoral administrations, um, starting with the department of, um, or the neighborhood city halls, and now the department of, um, neighborhoods. Uh, she was appointed by the mayor as the executive director for his education initiative, which is being run from the mayor's office um, and ultimately ended up stepping down to run for this position, given that conflict, can't be the head of a nonprofit and run for public office. Um, but again, the, the mayor has held true to his word, to my knowledge, to her that he would support her and he's definitely done so. And why do you think that uh, you bring more to the table? Uh, if you're talking to your 70 plus thousand potential constituents in the Northwest Detroit there, um, why do you think you should be given the opportunity to lead them? Uh, again, there's a difference between the legislature and the executive. You know, Miss um, Young, you know, given her tenure with the city of Detroit has been exclusively with the executive. Um, same with Mr. Davis. 
Um, as it relates to myself, I am with the legislator, which is what a state representative is. It's writing policy. It's taking the feedback from the 76,000 individuals that I would ultimately represent and hearing what it is that you have to say and crafting policy and legislation to improve your quality of life or to address your specific issues. You know, it's not my seat in Lansing. It's the people's seat. I tell everybody on every door, on every phone call, this is a job interview and you're the boss. You know, I'm looking to have 76,000 bosses and never before in my life have I fought so hard for a pay cut. Um, I feel that my legislative experience having authored or had my fingerprints on over 50 pieces of legislation that deal with land use, zoning, economic development, um, that deal with um, providing reduced fees for senior citizens when it comes to solid waste collection, um, establishing new land uses to benefit the energy providers to meet their 15% mandate um, on renewable energy. You know, I wrote the ordinance for to allow solar arrays and solar farms in the city of Detroit and those guidelines. It's that legislative experience that I'm bringing to the table. Um, I'm ready to hit the ground and running on day one. Um, a lot of it has to do with relationships. Again, others have been around longer than I have in municipal government, but this is state government that we're talking about. It's great to have relationships at the local level and get things done at the local level. I too have relationships. I came in as a community liaison under Councilmember Barbara Rose Collins in 2005. You know, constituent services is what I do. I cut my teeth under Carl Levins, John Conyers, Barbara Rose Collins. But in the current environment in Lansing, you know, it's, it's a bipartisanship, a bicameral environment. You know, you have to be able to build relationships with those on the other side of the aisle. I'm a proud recent alumni of the Michigan Political Leadership Program out of MSU, where it's been cast as the nation's number one bipartisan candidate training program. Currently, 10% of the House and 10% of the Senate are alumni of these programs. These are people that I have existing relationships with. So when it comes to developing, crafting, and passing bipartisan legislation, I've got a built-in advantage, more so than the other candidates. Okay. That, that, that's a good answer. What? So tell me, you know, talking just current events and current news right now, you know, our, our current sitting president is threatening to send uh, federal troops to Detroit. Um, what is your, what is your take on that? Do you think we need them? I do not think we need them. Um, it is absolutely out of bounds. Um, I'm not a constitutional attorney nor an attorney by any stretch of the imagination. I do not have a P number. Um, but I, I think, you know, he is, you know, really overstepping his authority of the executive in that regard. Um, we have powers of the states. I mean, that's why we fought the Civil War, for states' powers um, and states' rights. Um, I believe that our governor definitely thing ha has things under control. I think our mayor, as well as our chief of police, have things well at hand um, in that regard. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of the violence that we've seen recently within the city of Detroit barring the police shootings, but um, primarily the citizen on citizen um, violence has been retaliatory, you know, um, unfortunately, you know, the, the Coney Island shooting, you know, it was a situation in which the shooter, you know, 
I, I, I abhor the loss of life, period. Um, but that was a retaliatory act. You know, he was carjacked, beaten, hospitalized. His brother was killed. And two of the four individuals that he targeted were the assailants in that attack. Um, but you don't hear that in the media, but that's the truth on the street. Um, again, I abhor all violence. Um, the loss of life is absolutely appalling to me. Um, but, you know, those are the things that aren't spoken to. And as a city planner, as a policy analyst, I've been trying to look at things holistically and consequentially. And that's the lens that I intend to look at as legislation is introduced in Lansing. So I know that you're, you're knocking on doors and you're trying to meet everybody. Uh, what are you hearing? What are the people telling you about living in Detroit and, um, you know, the current conditions of Detroit and, um, you know, what things that they are really focused on during this uh, election cycle? Absolutely. So auto insurance is definitely at the top of folks' minds. They received those renewal policies and still had sticker shock and didn't see the savings that they thought they would see. Um, blight is definitely a concern. Um, crime is definitely a concern. Opportunities for the men and women that are returning from our state's correctional facilities is of concern housing opportunities, employment opportunities. You know, I think it's appalling that uh, once you have been incarcerated and denied of your liberties by the state of Michigan, and once you are released, the system continues to penalize you. You know, you can't get a job, you can't live here. Um, you know, all of these barriers are put in place seemingly to cause you to, you know, Reoffend, you know the the recidivism rate in the state of Michigan is abhorrent, and you know um, definitely needs to be addressed. I'm looking at incorporating skilled trades more so into the um, pre-release programs that are offered by our state's facilities. I'm looking to um, expand the array of advancement and educational opportunities that are afforded to our returning citizens. I think it's unfair that if you're incarcerated for a certain period of time, you're not able to sit for your GED or um, post-secondary um, learning until a certain date on the calendar. You know, um, if you're trying to advance yourself and better yourself and provide yourself with greater opportunities for yourself and your family upon release after you've made a mistake, you know, I, I think the, the state should afford you that opportunity. I definitely want to look at bringing prisons back into state control and out of the hands of private profiteering entities. Um, I think that the amount of money that they make on the backs of our 40,000 plus incarcerated citizens is abhorrent. Well, I, I, I agree with you on that one. We need to work on our bail system. We need to work on criminal yeah. justice reform. There's lots of things. Uh, I look forward to working with you on those that we need help with. So, all right, George, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to make your last plug. If somebody's watching this, why, why should they vote for you on August 4th? As a lifelong Detroiter, again, I've committed my entire life to the city of Detroit and the residents of the state of Michigan. Um, I have the legislative experience and the attitude 
of gratitude, knowing that this is your seat in Lansing and that I work for you. Um, I look forward to earning your trust, your respect, and your vote on August 4th. And if people want to learn more about you, uh, what's the best way to do that? Absolutely. You can go to my website at www.george, the number four, staterep.com, or give me a call directly at 313-590-5044. It's my direct cell number. I'll gladly answer and answer any questions you may have. Awesome. All right, George, it was really nice talking to you. Good luck on August 4th, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Truly appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for watching Open Mic. We just had George Etheridge on, who is running for state rep District 8 in Northwest Detroit, 75 plus thousand people. If you um, enjoyed the episode, share it with your friends. Make sure you get out and vote no matter who you're voting for. And uh, we'll see you next time on Open Mic.